Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and the trash to pieces of genre cinema. My name's Chris. And I'm Gary. And we are in our second week of Japanuary. Yes. We've got a fantastic Japanese slasher film to discuss with you this week. Uh, but first of all, what's new with Chris and Gary? What have we been watching this week? Still, again, you know, we haven't got a worst of the week. It's mm. still nothing but bangers. It's true. Relentless it, bangers. We're at that point now where we're coming up to awards season. Mm-hmm. And we're getting the awards... Um, well, I wouldn't say bait. No, I no, mm, no. Not I, really. I suppose contenders. bait exists to be contenders. caught. Contenders. Yeah, and sometimes they're caught, sometimes they're not. But the, these are the films we're going to be seeing read out at the Oscars. As winners or nominees. Mm-hmm. Apart from one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apart from one, let's be honest. Um, but my best film of the week mm-hmm. is uh, The Zone of Interest. And that is my best um, of the week. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it looked at something that we're all quite familiar with um, in film and in history. And I think it looked at it from a different angle and in a different way. And in doing so, it really shocked me. Yeah. Not as in, not shocked as in, I didn't know these things were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but shocked as in realising exactly what all that means. Yeah. So it's the, um, it's about... Auschwitz and yeah. the concentration camp and World War Two, and it's told from the perspective, not of the um, Jewish people who were murdered at the concentration camp, but actually told from the perspective of the um, I believe he was the, the head supervisor at, at the camp. Uh, and his family, yeah, his wife and his children, and it was I thought phenomenal. It mm. kept me gripped uh, throughout, um, horrified, mm. sickened, and um, I I just think it's a very powerful film. I really do. Yeah, I mean the best way I can describe it is it's one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen, but also a film that doesn't show a single second of violence mm-hmm. on screen. Yeah. It's such a powerful way of filmmaking that I've not seen where well, I've not seen anything like it before. No. Um it, it might be the best war film I've seen. It's just the way it's handled it's just unbelievable that like, you have to see it. Yeah. Um I think sometimes with war films and this isn't a detriment really and it's not a bad thing. Because I see some war films that are f- fantastic, but I think they tend to sometimes go into melodrama. Yeah. Or they tend to overemphasize for dramatic dramatic effect, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. Completely serves a purpose, and works. This looks at it from a different angle. Yeah. And it felt fresh. Hmm. Um. It it really worked for me. It really, mm. really, really. 
thought the film was fantastic. It, it feels weird to say that I really enjoyed the film mm. because I didn't enjoy it. And that was the, that was the purpose, yeah. you know, I did, you know, it affected me and I thought about it all the way home. Mm-hmm. And when you've watched as many films as we have, it doesn't happen very often. No. That a film stays with me for so long afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really highly, highly recommend um, seeing The Zone of Interest. Yeah. And I'm sure um, for both of us, the second best um, would have to be The Holdovers. The Holdovers. And I, I said to Gary, um, because we watched them back to back, and I said to Gary, it's such a shame that we did because The Holdovers was, again, fantastic yeah. and definitely if if it's a double bill you feel like doing um then <laughs> watch it the other way around yeah yeah watch the zone of interest first and then the holdovers yeah uh the holdovers is just so comforting and warm and fuzzy and just all those feelings uh, and hilarious uh, but also you know emotional at times too and it manages to throw all these things together in what is essentially a very quiet film a very quiet christmas film um, that absolutely nails its seventies aesthetic. Yeah, it. What I really appreciated about the holdovers is that it wasn't afraid to bring up issues of the time of the nineteen seventies. There's some issues that are still around today, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It didn't look at the seventies necessarily through, uh, rose tinted glasses. No. But it didn't slap you across the head with it all. Mm-hmm. It didn't shake you in town. You must feel this way. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. It did it so subtly. And in what was a very heartwarming film. And really likeable characters. That a lot of film and filmmakers struggle to do. Yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Loved the aesthetic. Uh, loved the acting, mm-hmm. really, really liked the acting, and yeah, an- another film highly, highly recommend. Yeah, uh, and I think it's also worth mentioning the fact that we watched Mean Girls. We did watch Mean Girls. Um, we the musical. Are two homosexuals mm-hmm. um, speaking to a mic on a podcast. I feel it necessary. Uh, well, we are also both in our thirties, so it's very necessary to talk about the Mean Girls remake. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It's just you know, if in that works for the first, the original film, uh, but just with added songs and really good songs like that. Yeah, it fixed a couple of issues with the original in in terms of, um, what was maybe a little more acceptable in two thousand and four. I'm glad mm. that they fixed those. Um, I liked the songs, which ultimately, you know, if you don't like the songs, you don't like the musical. Yeah. Um, loved the, the majority of the songs. I liked it. You yeah. know, it, it wasn't too far removed from Mean Girls. I did see, um, on TikTok, uh, somebody said that maybe Mean Girls didn't need a remake and that's why people are struggling with it. But it's not true. Because it doesn't feel too... But it didn't feel too far removed from the original Mean Girls. But just fixing those things and adding the certain things in there for modern day kind of makes it 
new and fresher and new generation yeah to, to a certain mm. degree but it, i think it hit all the marks that the yeah. first one did so and i love the first film you know the first film was very much of my time you know i was 16 when it came out i watched it and watched it i you know listened to that random sitting in jane mansfield's car <laughs> song do you remember that one i do yeah I downloaded that um, legally. Uh, yeah, so th- this was, I felt like this was in part made for me as well. And yeah. I, I liked no, it. Definitely. I liked it. Um, and on top of that, we finished, I don't know if we spoke about this on the last episode, we finished Echo. I don't know if we spoke about. I yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Did we? we did. Yeah. 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 And a great Repeating ending. Repeating yourself. Great ending. There's an Echo. Yeah. I, Really, really a great show that deserves a little more attention than it's getting. Um, I know, obviously, with the amount of stuff in the MCU, it's easy to lose a few things uh, if you're not fully dedicated to keeping up with it. But this is definitely one one of the shows that's worth watching. Yeah, I'm a bit annoyed. At the... I don't want to get too much into it. I feel like I say that every time we discuss the MCU. But now that the MCU is waning just a little bit mm. now they've like oh here's some female centered yeah. stories oh here's a story uh very much in you know um very much about native american culture which is fantastic mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed i love seeing that yeah really do because it hits a lot of the marks mm-hmm. that superhero miniseries and films hit um, but it just annoys me that this is when they decide to tell these stories. I yeah. wish they would have told them earlier so we can get some eyes on it. Mm-hmm. I, I may be wrong. I'm, I'm no expert on the MCU and I hope people have watched it. Um, but yeah, I, I would recommend people watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just off the topic of films, personally, I've uh, been I'm starting making my way through the Legend of Zelda games. Yeah. Some, t- some of them again. Um, first one, great. Second one, the drizzling shit. <laughs> Legend of Zelda 2, Link's Adventure. I gave up. I've given up at least 20 times. I fucking hate the game. So you have a worst of the week? I have a worst of the week. The worst <laughs> of the week is Legend of Zelda 2. Um, yeah, hated it, hated it, hated it. And now I'm, I'm doing um, A Link to the Past. <laughs> so yeah games can also be included in oh okay okay well i mean yeah um i was trying to be trying to be positive onto the uh subjects of tv though we watched two tv specials from the 60s we certainly did jane Madonna, so elizabeth taylor <laughs> in london and sophia loren in rome which are very much jane mcdonald coded um they're just going around talking shit about how great London and Rome is. Sophia Loren plays a few pranks on the she public. Does. Hers seems Has to be a little bit of Beatles about. A little, yeah, a little yeah. bit of the real world show. And yeah. Elizabeth Taylor gets possessed. She quotes Shakespeare a lot. I don't, I don't, and I don't know the context. These are made for TV films. I don't, for American TV from the sixties. And I don't know what the premise was two of the most glamorous, beautiful and talented women on the planet to talk about a particular city. I'm living for it. 
would have loved to have seen Catherine Deneuve's Paris, but you know. Um, I mean, we've got Jane McDonald's Yorkshire. We have, yes. That's, I mean, Jane is back on the TV. <laughs> She's in the Canary Islands. On, on Friday night, we watched her go to a nudist meditation retreat and talk to horses. High camp TV. And, of course, we'd be terrible gays if we didn't mention the traitors. Still going, and those twists are still coming. They are. They are. Um, hopefully no spoilers for anyone. This, this is the UK traitors. Yes. We know that American traitors is happening as well, and we'd like to watch that because there's a few housewives on there. I hear Phaedra's doing really well. Um, but this is the UK traitors, uh, where it's not celebrities, it's just normal members of the public. Um, so, yeah, they banished the... Oh, hang on, okay, maybe we, yeah, maybe we shouldn't go too much into spoilers. <laughs> A banishment was made. Yeah. And we're very happy about of it. Of the main antagonist. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, the cliffhanger... That was left on Friday. Mm. It's something that I, 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 I'm impatient for Wednesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's not get too much <laughs> into the trailers. Um. So, with that being said, let's get into the film. This week's film. Yes. Evil Dead Trap from nineteen eighty-eight. It is creepy film for a creepy night. If if our microphone is really really good, then you'll probably be able to hear. There's a, there's soaring wind. Yeah, there's quite the storm brewing outside. We had some, what's new with Chris and Gary? Uh, we had snow this week as well, which is very exciting. Um, but it's, now it's yeah. rather stormy. Very fitting because this film is really creepy. It is, and um, just as a warning from here on out, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. If you have not watched the film, I do not want the film to be spoiled for you, um, because. There, there is twists and turns. <laughs> um, then stop listening, watch the film, yeah. and then come back and listen to us. Yeah. Uh, a trigger warning for the a slight discussion of sexual assault as well. Yes. Um, now the spoiler warning's out of the way, this is 80s Japanese malignant. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, amazing to me that this has the near enough the exact same twist as malignant. Um... And, of course, if you listen to our episode on that film, you'll know we loved it. Um, but this is, like, even more wild with what it does. This this does exactly what you think it's going to do, in that it doesn't do what you think. It goes yeah. completely wild. Yeah. It's a Japanese take on Giallo. Yeah. Slash, slasher films. Yeah. It's the Japanese take on it. So it hits a lot of the marks that slasher films and giallos do, because they're quite similar. You know, obviously slasher films came from giallo and, and so on and so forth. Um, so it hits a lot of those marks. Mm-hmm. But because it's a Japanese film, mm-hmm. it takes it so much further. It does. It does. you got one act that's a mystery thriller, mm. one act that's gory slasher, and then the third act where all bets are off, and it's just fucking wild. It is. It is. It's directed by uh, Toshiharu Ikeda, who did Ningyo Densetsu, Kagi, Hasami Otoko, Sweet Sweet Ghost, Gansaza, Beautiful Prey, Girl Boss Mafia Lynch, yes. Female Prison Scorpion Death Threat, 
Brutal Insanity of Love, which is Evil Dead Trap Free, <laughs> and more. And it's written by Takashi Ishii, who did Original Sin, Hello My Dolly Girlfriend, The Five, Gone in Saga, Sweet Obsession, A Night in Nude, Salvation, Alone in the Night, Girl and the Wooden Horse Torture, and more. It's made on an unknown budget, and I don't know how much it made. Yeah, I can tell you one thing: I want to see more of Toshiharu Ikeda's films. Yes, um, I feel very much. Um, I've got a couple of names down as well. Uh, Zoom up the Beaver Book Girl, <laughs> and uh, Angel Guts Red Porno. Yeah. So I feel like their careers are very much um, pink cinema. Pink cinema. Yeah. Um, Softcore pornography, mm-hmm. and I think maybe some hardcore pornography as well. Potentially. Um, so that's very much their, um, for want of a better word, their bread and butter. Yeah. That's what paid the bills yes. for them. And then this is their take on a slasher film. Yeah. And, it, and it's it's something you see a lot in American cinema as well. It, the, the two... Let, let's be honest, low-budget genres, uh, low-budget, high-potential genres, horror and porn, um, very much akin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a very, very interesting... We, we have a strange history, uh, the two of us, with <laughs> pink cinema. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just leave it there and just yeah. let everyone figure out what we mean. Yeah, with... Um, some of it we really enjoy, and some of it we've absolutely detested. Really struggled what, with. What did we enjoy? Um, it depends what you consider pink cinema. <laughs> Japanese wife next door. <laughs> Japanese wife next door. Uh, inflatable dolls of the wasteland. We switched we, off. We did. Um, but then there are other ones. I mean, um. In some lists, Lady Snowblood is considered. Yeah, I suppose if you look at the gore heavy ones, then yeah, there is a lot we enjoy. Um, I Stray think Cat Rock films are considered. Yeah, as well. I think it's one of those where we kind of figured out we didn't enjoy it. Uh, when it come when it came to the softcore porn ones. Yeah. So then we just didn't continue with those. Yeah, yeah, stuff like Tortures of Edo, we, we really struggled with. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and there are, I, I feel, a couple of moments mm-hmm. that in this film that allude to that. And you'll find out they're my least favourite. Yeah. Really, for, for the for the, for the the film. It's weird. Um, it's weird because a lot of the pink cinema films where the focus was sex and they are softcore porn, it, it kind of focuses a lot on sexual assault. Yes. And to get people off, which is, for me, I just don't understand Yeah, how that's yeah. a thing and you know how anyone would want to see that. Um, but, you know, there we go. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it's an each to their own. It, it's no, highly, it's, it's highly it's, problematic. It's, it's very weird. It's very weird. It, yes, it's a sign of the times um, to, to a certain degree, but even then, it, it's not. It's not, and we'll discuss it because it does come up, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, would you say we are quite well versed in Japanese horror of the eighties? Because honestly, I feel like it's a bit of a blind spot for 
for, for us? Um, I don't know if there were many Japanese horror films of the 80s. Yeah, I mean... Off the top of my head, I'm sure somebody would be able to reel off a huge list for us. Well, some of the most popular ones are Virus, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence has come up as horror, apparently. I, I, yeah, I assume there's moments. Um, Heat, Shimmer Theatre... Crazy Fun the Road, which we do own, but we haven't watched. Mm. Uh, the Gamera uh, film, Gamera Super Monster, was in the 80s. Uh, yes. uh, Mystery Train. Mm. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Okay, you, well, it depends how you see horror. Yeah. Really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I purchased for yourself Door. Door, yes. Which yeah. has, uh, from the same year, 1988, as Evil uh-huh. Dead Trap, um, but has always been considered the mm-hmm. first uh, Japanese slasher so yeah. well looking on here the films we have seen um, are the Shinya Tsukamoto films Tetsuro the Iron Man mm. uh, The Adventures of Denchu Kozo Sweet Home yeah. Evil Dead Trap and very recently The Discarnates so, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like there's way more 80s Japanese horror we need to watch because I mean if it's like this and those films mm. Then count me in. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, completely agree. I, I feel like it, there's a few blind spots, mm. don't we, really? Because, I mean, I feel like this is very similar to the Discarnates in the way that you've got one, and you've got the first two acts where there are certain genres, certain way of doing things, but then the third act just completely takes a completely different route that you don't expect and mm-hmm. goes really over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, completely agree. Uh, should we talk about who's in it? Yeah, in a section like... Uh, in a section like... In a section we like to call Hey, I Know You. Um, which this week, <laughs> I, I don't think I know anyone. <laughs> well, no, not unless you're well-versed in Japanese porn. Yeah. So this film, a lot of the cast consists of porn stars. Yes. Yeah. Um, with some of these titles, I don't know which ones that includes and which ones it doesn't. Um, we have Miyuka, uh, Miyuki Ono, who plays Nami Sushia, and uh, she was in Black Rain, Time Wars, Legend of the Holy Woman, Black Angel Volume 1, Bad Girls, Akuchi the Innocent, Hong Kong Paradise, and more. Black Rain. Yeah. Um, an American cop in Japan. Their country, their laws, their game, his rules. <laughs> Ridley Scott. <laughs> No. Yeah, Michael Douglas. Oh my in god. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um, that's on my watch list now. Yeah. Um, Nami Sushia, I think she is a fantastic final girl. I completely disagree with you. Really? I think she's so stupid. But she. I... she... Did you not see the third act when she goes back to get her revenge? Absolutely. And then kind of fucks it up. Um, <laughs> she's we'll, had explosions we'll to fight We'll get with. into that. We'll get into that. I do think she she's completely responsible for everything that happens in this film. She's completely responsible for everybody who dies. And spoiler alert, she's the one at the end who's on the TV going, Oh, these people died. <laughs> yeah, you did it. <laughs> You did it, bitch. <laughs> now, she may or may not win an award later because she, I mean, she's thick as pig shit, but she, 
she looks good doing it. So I mean, I was just getting I was still, I was still weathers, but... uh, Do you know who she was given? Who? Auntie McDowell. Yeah. Like that hair. There is, I swear, a picture of Andy McDowell <laughs> with that hair and that outfit. Oh, that's Sigourney Weaver and Eyewitness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's dressed like a reporter. That's how reporters dress. Yeah. And that's how they did dress. So I just thought, yeah. Uh, Yuji Hanma plays Dasuki Miraki. Oh, do you know the only reporter that didn't dress like that? Who? April McNeil. Wow. Oh, April O'Neil, not McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> Reagan's sister. I was going to say. Uh, the ninth, yeah, Yuji Hanma was in The 19-Year-Old's Map, Crazed Fruit, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, Bebop High School, Yakuza Ladies Free, Cabaret, not that cabaret, uh. and more. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've heard of uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. I, yeah, I'm I'm assuming these films were filmed in Japan and therefore got local talent. So I don't think they were trying to break into America no. or Britain with these those films. Um, someone who probably should have uh, became a worldwide success, Hitomi Kobayashi, who plays Ray Sugiura. Um, star of Hitomi Kobayashi's Young Girl Story, Hard Petting, Hitomi Kobayashi's True Nature, Kobayashi Hitomi versus Takasugi Rei, Double Petting, Hitomi Kobayashi's Secret Pleasure, and more. Um, <laughs> I love that her name is at the forefront of all these films. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, girl. She's also in Hell in a Bottle, which looks very interesting, actually. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, su- I suppose a, quite a prominent porn star. I mean, yeah, uh, Jen- <laughs> you know, you would get Jenna Jameson's double petting or, or mm. whatever, wouldn't you? So she must have been quite the name yeah. in uh, in Japan. Um, Good for her. Well, yeah, I think she was up for the lead. Yeah. But they, they weren't quite sure of her act- actual acting abilities. Mm-hmm. So, um, spoiler alert, she's first one killed <laughs> well yeah so uh and uh someone who doesn't necessarily have the biggest role but deserves a mention because of the career it's uh shinsuke shimada as a tv producer and this is noticeable because they're in the legend of the stardust brothers oh. as well as kaze slowdown garufu uh yakame empire of kids gendai ninkoden granny gabai and more. Oh, do you mean the the police officer? Uh, I've got him down as TV producer. Oh, have you? Oh, yes. Excuse me. Because Noboru Matani was also in um, Stardust Brothers. Oh, nice. And he plays the um, police officer yeah. at the end. And he was in Sweet Home and mm-hmm. um, Black Rain and uh, Dodas Kaiden as well. The Kurosawa film. So, yeah. There's a few. There's a few names yeah. that we, thanks to the power of the internet, have learned more yes. about their filmography, and added a few to the watch list as yes. well. Yes, including <laughs> double petting. Uh, uh, what about Aya Katsuragi and her film Big Boobs Buster? A scream rings across the night. Another buxom bombshell falls prey to the masked vigilante, the Big Boobs Buster. <laughs> 
Rumour has it that the vengeful villainess was once a mild-mannered student, ridiculed and rejected for her small bust size. <laughs> now the spurned woman gets even by donning a ridiculous costume and taunting her well-endowed nemesis. Will bouncy co-eds across the land be forced undercover? Is any buzzamy beauty safe from the big boobs buster? Well, of course we need to watch that. Of course we need to watch that. Uh, um, it must be difficult being a woman. I have to say, we celebrate women uh, all the time on this podcast, mm-hmm. as you well know. Um, the big boobs and the small boobs, the medium boobs, the- any of them. But um, I'm assuming... That it is men who have written, produced, directed, Mm -hmm. filmed all of these films. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) I feel for you, ladies, sometimes. On that note, (laughs) let's talk about our feature presentation. So we open with our heroine, Nami, presenting for her TV show. Uh, is it Nami's late, late show? No, not yet. First, it's Late Night with Nami. Now, I can understand why you'd think it's called that. Because for some reason, jumping ahead a little bit, after all her friends are murdered, the name of the show is changed to oh. Nami's Late, Late Night. <laughs> Right, I, I don't see. know why. I don't know why she no. needs to change it. But at first, it's yeah. late night with Nami. Okay, so late night with Nami, and um, she's horrified by an alligator eating a bird. <laughs> so we kind of know what we're in for now. I, 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 the whole idea of this is cap. I don't. It's kind of like it feels a little like wreck in the way you know the. The thing they're filming for in Wreck that sets the whole premise up. Yeah. How it's late night TV. Yes, yes. This yes. is what you don't see whilst yeah. you sleep. I think it was called Whilst You Sleep in that film. Yeah. Um, and this is very much the same idea, except here it's just really camp because it's just her showing really weird home movies sent to her by fans and then her reaction. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not too far removed from something like Euro Trash. Yeah. Um, or, oh God, what was it called? Uh, is it Tarrant on TV? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, where, um, and I'm sure there's stuff in America, but they're kind of a saucy version or a more adult orientated version of America's Funniest Home Videos, that yeah. sort of thing. You've been framed. Oh, you've been framed. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch this. I'm sold. I would watch it. I would absolutely watch it. <laughs> Um, we realise that some unknown persons are watching her on screen and comparing her to their mother. Mm-hmm. 
We then cut to Nami receiving and then watching a tape that appears to be a boring dash cam style video until it cuts to a chained woman being stabbed in the stomach and then the eye with rather graphic detail. So it it spurts. So it's yeah. she gets stabbed in the stomach and then stabbed in the eye and it pierces it and we see mm-hmm. everything, you know, all the, the juicy bits yep. come out and it's like, oh my God, you know? Very, very Videodrome. Mm, very Videodrome. Um, I'm assuming it's a uh, Benwell reference. Mm. Um, the Shien Underloo. Yeah. Where the woman's eye is sliced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, maybe also a reference to zombie flesh eaters. Yeah. With the eye, you know, yeah. she thought she loved the eye. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's highly influenced by Italian giallo yes. and Italian yeah. cinema and, you know... Um, and I, I don't want to get maybe too much into, oh, this was influenced by, or this was influenced by, because it mm-hmm. d- definitely feels like its own thing. Oh, definitely. To a certain yeah. degree, but but in the sense of it's taken it's, this is influences. The, the best everywhere. part, yeah, the best part about this is the fact that it's called Evil Dead Trap, and something yes. we need to address, because yes. if it was released in Italy, and mm-hmm. it was called Evil Dead Trap, there's a good chance there'd be a few things in there trying to rip off Evil Dead, and it claimed to be a sequel. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the Evil Dead. No. Except the, um, the, what's it called? The famous shot. The Sam Raimi cam. The Sam yeah, Raimi yeah, yeah. cam. That is frequently it is throughout. It is. But other than that, there's nothing else here connecting it to Evil Dead. So I don't know... Part of me guess part of me gets the title and why it's called Evil Dead Trap, considering a lot of the film later on consists around traps, um, by a, a evil person who's supposedly dead. So yeah. technically, it's very literal. But it, it's called Evil Dead Trap in the West. Yeah. So in America and the UK. Yeah. Is it a literal translation? No, no. So known in Japan is Shirayo Nowana. Yeah. Please excuse my awful pronunciation. Um, which literally um, means trap of the dead spirits. Ah, uh, I mean, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Yeah. So I think it was called America. Trap. Yes. And, I, I'm not, and I'm assuming it is because... A, the transitions between scenes mm. do give that Sam Raimi cam yeah. thing. So it, it, I don't think it's completely removed. No, but, but I think it also, is America trying to yeah. uh, get that extra book Absolutely, in there for because their sales. Japan did do an Evil Dead yeah. remake yeah. or rip-off. D- depends if they paid them or not, Sam Raimi uh. or not. Um <laughs> And that was called... Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Yeah. So, <laughs> nothing of the sort. No. That should have been called Evil Dead Trap. Um, so, yeah, we see that in very graphic detail. And you'll hear me say that a lot when describing this film. There's some real graphic detail. So, recognising the location, Nami wants to investigate the tape. But her viewership is dropping and her show is continuously over budget. That her boss just won't allow her to. Yeah. Um, 
this doesn't last very long. A lot of the minor issues are resolved very quickly mm-hmm. because she decides to go rogue anyway and she gathers does. together a small team to investigate the abandoned factory from the snuff tape. When they get there, they decide to split up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's with Ray, Akio, Masako, and Rai. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, in true slasher film uh, <laughs> um, style, it's hard to distinguish between their characteristics. They're very much disposable characters. Yes, absolutely. So it, I, I'm not even sure what their professions are. I think one of them's a makeup assistant. Uh, Akio's the assistant director. Mm. Um but the others, I, I just, I mean, the the, the crew, the, mm-hmm. the crew. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not really established their characters, but that's fine. I mean, one of them's like, who would want to do this? And Akaya's like, an oily old man who wants to wear Nami's panties over his grinning head. Yeah, Akaya is, um, a choice. This character. If he is. We, we all get that in slasher films, there's always meant to be someone that, or, or maybe a few people, but always there's always at least one where you're like, oh god, they've got to get it really bad. This guy's fucking relentless. I mean, he's not only a prankster. Number one, you're a goner in a slasher film. If you're he's a the Shelley. Yeah, but he's also a rapist as well, and well, no, well, it's, attempted. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's hard to distinguish. So. Him, Ray and Akio, they go off together. Nami goes off by herself, and Masako and Rai go off together. So Ray and Akio, they seem to have some sort of romantic history, mm-hmm. or at least Akio would have hoped. Yeah. So he says, "Sorry about the other night. It was from drinking too much bourbon." And uh, Ray says, "Yeah, but you never stop trying." Akio says, "Don't hurt me like that. What if I'm impotent forever?" And Ray says, look, I'm here to work. Save the personal stuff for later. And it, it, it feels like that was maybe played for laughs. Yeah. Or like, oh, what is he like? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. And it's not. It's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it has no place. Nothing comes of it later on. No. Um, so well, it's I mean, a very silly conversation to have. The problem is it for comic relief yeah. of some sort. I mean, it does come back later on. Well, when technically. He, when he tries to, in his words, make the sequel. Yeah, well, yeah. So we we then have our first Evil Dead-esque shots, yeah. as me and Gary were discussing. Uh, Nami finds a rotting bird being eaten by bugs Mm -hmm. before a really cool dude with sunglasses and a ciggy appears from nowhere. Um, I don't know if he's trying a a James Dean, John Wayne kind of thing, just looking really cool in the Uh doorway. But he warns her it's not a playground for adults and that she ought to be careful before he just casually walks off. Um, So you kind of think he's the crazy Ralph. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> You're all doomed. Uh-huh. Um, Ray stumbles around alone for a bit to build some tension. Uh, Snake decides against slivering up her skirt. Um, I'm assuming the filmmakers couldn't get the snake to go up her leg. Uh, no. So he's just sort of like, well, we'll insinuate that he wanted to, but then just stopped. 
Uh, and then she falls through a wall and straight onto her ass. Uh, Akio scares her with some fake fangs because he's the original prankster. And he manages to break his glasses. He does. Because he's also the original dickhead in this film as well. Yeah. Uh, Masako and Rai do their own investigating, um, taking photos of random shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, seemingly Rai would much rather be doing some ballet. She's she, doing a great she dance. Does. She does. She it is. It's cunty. I'm here for it in a shitty pink jumper. <gasps> uh, <laughs> okay, you can't say you hated Shizui's <laughs> cardigan in Happiness of the Katakuris, but you like this jumper. But this is, you know, it's a little cute little pink jumper to go with her cute little skirts. It's it's like what Sarah Connor wears in Terminator before she decides she wants to slay oh. in Terminator 2. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's a choice. But while she's doing this dance, you, um, Masako's there like, do you know what? We've got a fucking tough time as women in production teams. They're not interested in female production teams anymore. It's making our job more difficult. I'm like, girl, fucking talent. Yes. <laughs> Unless it's a slasher film, then all the production team is female. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then cut to Ray and... Akio getting it on on a dirty mattress. So we have a sex scene here. We do. And, and this is where yeah. I take issue. Uh-huh. Because she said no the other night. They had a whole conversation mm-hmm. um, as unhilarious as that was. They had a whole conversation. She said no the other night. Yeah. But she just couldn't resist a shag in a filthy abandoned factory with a snake roaming around. Yes. Yeah. But this is my problem mm. is that before that... The last time we see them before the steamy sex scene, mm. he forces himself on her. He does. He forces himself on her. And then he's like, come on, let's create the sequel to the other day. So again, it feels like it's played for laughs. Yes. Um, and then but it cuts again, to the it's, sex scene. It's attempted rape. He's he's trying it on with her. like, And she's saying, no, he won't give up. Yeah. And it was very... And I, I, I don't think it's... Um... I, I do think it's a sign of the times to a certain degree, mm. but I, I don't think it's just something we see in, in Japanese cinema. We see it, I mean, all the time in American cinema. Yeah. Very much, you know, part of slasher film, you know, all the girl won't put out, or, mm-hmm. you know, how's the guy going to get his leg over, all that shit. Um, you know, even in 1988, you know, we've watched a couple of John Hughes films. Yeah. The must have been seen quite innocent at the time mm-hmm. which are very much not innocent yeah now you know and it, it doesn't excuse it no um they should know better yeah you know definitely. especially if it's played for laughs yeah you know i talk a lot about um having s- actually we'll speak on that later because unfortunately this isn't the last time we'll be speaking on such subjects no it's back to the subject of the warehouse, though. You're saying about how dirty and rusty it is. This is a really great location choice. It is so. Yeah. I think this is what makes the film so creepy. Mm-hmm. Is that it doesn't look like it. it looks like it may have uh, skipped a few safety checks. Definitely, um, yeah. It, it looks like it could be a hazard. Um, low budget also, filmmaking. Low it's budget low budget filmmaking. filmmaking. It looks like you know some drug users could be hiding about in there, like on a YouTube video of Urban Explorers. Yeah. Um, but you know, with the lighting and everything as well, and there's a lot of blue tinged, um, tinted 
uh, alleyway, mm-hmm. alleyways, uh, corridors, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just it's really eerie, and so is the killer's outfit. Yes, because it's revealed that a cloaked figure is keeping a gagged man hostage within the factory. Yeah. So it's that reveal where the our protagonists are in the background and we, we have a reveal in the foreground that they can't see. Mm-hmm. And it's... I don't know how to describe it. It's giving a little bit of... Um, I know what you did last summer. It is, yeah. But less um, for wet weather. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's the mask there as well, which I think is like a camouflage. It's camouflage, yeah. Um, yeah, it is incredibly creepy, actually. It's green, like a big green coat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this this guy's got a gag in his mouth and, and all that business. And you're like, oh, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, Ray goes to find a faucet to clean her clothes but finds maggots dropping from the ceiling instead. She also finds the corpse from the snuff film mm-hmm. too. And uh, she's then repeatedly stabbed from beyond the wall with very large spikes. Yeah, this really took me by surprise. Mm. Uh, when we first watched it, it's just, it's very out of nowhere and it is graphic. It's very gruesome. I very love, gruesome. There's a lot of uh, samurai-esque uh, blood spots mm. in this film, which yeah. is oh, I always appreciate. Yes, yeah, I do. I do with Japanese cinema. I love that over the top blood spurt, yeah. and um, which is also I mean, we saw in Tenebrae as well, yeah. actually. Yeah. You know, but that was way way before Tenebrae as well. Um, in sort of um, Lady Snowblood and uh, Wolfman and Cub. Yes, yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf yeah. and Cub, thank but you. But also Wolf Man. Yeah, Wolf Guy. Wolf guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting them mixed up, yeah. but you know what but I mean. But the practical effects, I think where they save money on the cast by potentially hiring people who weren't charging the most, uh, I think the money went into the practical effects. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely think for a film like this, that is your selling point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the others continue their investigations. Uh, Rai, quite rightfully, has reservations regarding the whole thing. Like, the whole thing. Like, why are we here? Yeah. Is this a trap? Uh, like an evil dead kind of trap. Oh. Uh, and she believes that the snuff film was there to lure them to their deaths. Quite rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, she does get over this quite quickly, though. And laughs along with everyone else when uh, Akio plays another one of his hilarious pranks. Hiding behind a door. Yeah. Wow. Um, this, again, doesn't last long. <laughs> this happiness. When uh, Ray's body, or uh, should I say the top half, at least, <laughs> of her body, comes hurtling towards them on a chain. Um, Ray runs out of the building ahead of the others who remain trapped when the ceiling collapses. The killer appears, slashes Masako across the face, and then she herself then gets separated, very much in slasher film style. Very cool scene, um, in the way that... And now this is also what makes me think James Wan watched this film. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is very similar to the scene in Saw, when... 
uh, Lee one out is going back to his apartment and using his camera to see in the dark. Yes. Um, and we get the uh, the jump scare in that. Here we have Masako using her camera flash to start, try and see what's going on. And we get a prison cage and then she's slashed across the face and it's kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Because yeah. I, I find it a little more creepy than even some of the more gore-heavy scenes because it's kind of like, okay, well, what the fuck is he trying to do to her? Um, because he doesn't quite kill her at first, even when he meets her again. Yeah. Um, it's really, really eerie. Uh, and that's and the so thing well with, shot. with horror. We've watched so many slasher films where the gore is the only thing you ever remember. And this is a very gory film. And it's memorable, of course. Yeah. But so many of these films, they forget to build tension. Yeah. And they forget to be scary. Mm-hmm. or Because that's what true horror is. Yeah. It's being on the edge of your seat and it's caring about characters. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, a lot of these characters are quite throwaway mm. um, characters. But scenes like this make it quite eerie. Yeah, I think if you got builds the tension. Yeah, you've got a good setup. You've got a great mm. villain. It's going to be scary if you care or if you don't care about the yeah. characters. Yeah. Um. So, um, Bride tries to escape in the van, but the previously gagged man from before is in the back of the van and he grabs her. Mm-hmm. Um. He says, "If I kill trespassers, I'll be set free." Um. He then says, killing you would be too easy. I want to enjoy this. Um, then, unfortunately, we get a very lengthy scene of him sexually assaulting her within yeah. the van. Um, the guy explains that he is the, the boyfriend or the husband of the woman from the snuff film. It's, in, it's extremely uncomfortable. It is. It's extremely unnecessary mm-hmm. it brings um you know we we say this about films that we don't enjoy and we can say this about films that we do enjoy overall completely unnecessary yeah with these sort of things there's no point putting it on screen if you're not going to deal with it because it's a very serious subject and i know that sounds strange in a film where we're discussing very elaborate over the top murders. Yeah. But it it's it's just I've said it time and time again, just completely unnecessary. Okay, yeah, it is. It really is. And particularly in this case because I can't figure out if it's meant to um be a cheap TNA. Mm. Because it goes on for far too long. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're associating it with uh, Pink Cinema. And yeah. How that was such a reoccurring thing in that, it, you know, sadly would make sense if that was the case. But yeah. It should never be the case. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and sadly, it's actually the only thing, spoiler for later on, it's the only thing stopping it from getting a full five star rating from me. Because, I mean, it's just. It's one of those things where when rating a film, I would mark down because it's yeah. just like, just don't include it. If you're not going to deal with it, just don't include it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the things, I don't expect them to deal with it. I don't no, expect them no. to deal with it in a film like this. No, 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 once no. we get into the third act, this is essentially a fantasy film. Yeah. So, realistically, 
there isn't time to deal with the after effects of someone being sexually assaulted. No. In which case, the only way to solve that is don't include it in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the man is eventually impaled and killed by a pole being thrown through the window of the van. And Rai escapes the van, but is very quickly killed by a metal noose around her neck that pulls her onto the roof of the van and then drops her on her head on the other side, breaking her neck. Yeah. Which is a really kind of cool... And and I hate saying it like this, but it's, it's horror film. It's a gory horror film. Yeah. You know, we, we can, you know... Suspend belief mm-hmm. in, in these things. And it's also very mean-spirited. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it looks great. It looks yeah. great. But it's kind of like... And particularly after what's just happened. Yeah. It's very mean-spirited. Um, but, you know, we are horror fans. So if it's if a cool... You know, if we've kind of seen a kill that we've never seen before, part of you is a bit like, oh, nice. Yeah. Something, something a little different, uh-huh. you know? And it is a little different, but yes, very mean-spirited. Um, Nami, for some reason, wakes up on the roof. Uh, did I miss something there when she got knocked out? Or No. No, no. okay. They fell down a hole. Yeah. Um, oh, did they fall down a hole? When they were escaping and everyone was caving in. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Okay. The problem sometimes with making notes whilst watching a film is that you kind of miss... <laughs> There was a scene where a lot was going on. Especially when there's subtitles that you're trying to keep track of as well, you know? Um, But she's joined by the really cool dude from earlier, um, who we now find out is called Daisuke, um, who shows her Akio's severed head on the ground. Ooh. Shame we didn't get to see it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that stings a little. You know, the dickhead... You know, it's a bit like, um, oh, what is it? Friday the 13th uh-huh. Part 2. No, the first one. No, no, yeah, the first one. Well, um, yeah, the second well, one is just yeah, survives. Yeah, yeah. The first survives. one is off screen. The second it's one off survives. screen. And then the third one, Shelley. And that's a great bit. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it made up for it. But yeah, this, this dickhead, we don't get to see his death. But we get to see his severed head. Um, he tells her that he is trapped like her. But uh, he does seem to know the culprit or culprits. He is reluctant to tell her, though, because he isn't good at speaking to people, having been in prison for a while. I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, Nami, this is where, you know, you say, okay. You, you, you're, uh, yeah. yeah, red flag, red flag. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's when he wanders off and starts talking to himself as well. Yes. Um, he gets stabbed in the shoulder out of Nami's view. Yeah. And then pulls out a gun before running off and shooting whatever person he believes to be there. Yeah. So he did, we know he was talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but I suppose Nami didn't. Yeah. Because it's two rather distinctive voices. Uh-huh. Um, Nami sees a video of Masako tied up and calling out for her before finding a whole wall of TVs with Masako calling out for her as well. Yes. Um, she finds the room with Masako in and uh, she tries to force the door open, not knowing that an elaborate trap has been Uh set up that sends a crossbow bolt hurtling towards Masako's head when the door is opened. 
Luckily for the two ladies, the bolt misses Masako's head, but another tripwire sends a machete into the side of Masako's head. Yeah. Killing her. Uh-huh. Um, again, really gruesome. It really is. Really mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, James Wan <laughs> saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I'm... I'm this was a little too late for video nasties, and I'm assuming they never tried to get a release here in the UK at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I don't know of any sort of issues in regards to yeah. release. Um, I don't think was it ever released on DVD here. Do you know in the UK? Um, Our versions, the the what we watched was the American no, Blu-ray. No, I think the latest upcoming release is the first. It's the first time, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but just to let you know, I've I did a quick Google to see if James Wan has openly spoken about Evil Dead Trap. He has not. No. Many people on the internet are saying exactly what we are saying oh, okay. and talking about its similarities to Saw and Malignant. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, cool. I That's mean, great. we watch so many films. If we ever made a film together, absolutely, yes. you know, all our influences would be in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so the killer appears and for some reason throws fireworks at Nami and then more bolts. One of the bolts hits her in the leg, uh, but Daisuke appears again, shooting his gun. Um, they go off together, trying to escape. And uh, for some reason, the, the suitcase lighter makes Nami suspicious. Which, for, yeah, I got to stand. For me, it kind of looks like the lighter she used yes. in the car when she was lighting a cigarette. Yeah. And it did kind of make a point of it. So it kind of looks to me like he's taken that lighter and just handed it to her I without thinking. I feel like maybe if the lighter was a little more elaborate. Mm. Like, do you know, if it had like a yeah. symbol on it yeah. or something, maybe we'd remember it a little yeah. more. But uh, we get the gist that a red flag has yeah. appeared in the shape of a lighter. Yeah. So, in an underground tunnel, Daisuke asks some highly inappropriate questions before collapsing on the floor from Mm -hmm. his stab wound. And then starts talking about his younger brother who died or may have been kidnapped. He's very confused, or or I was at least confused by what he was getting at. Yeah. And I realise why, because, you know, it will be revealed. Uh Um, He asks, is he a stalker? I don't know why I gave it. Is he a stalker? Is he a stalker? Uh, Do you think he wants to see you naked? Could he not just visit you at the studio? Do you sleep with visitors? (laughs) Yeah, highly inappropriate. Daisuke tells Nami that she looks like shit and gives (laughs) her... (laughs) She does. (laughs) You look like Andy McDowell. who has been dragged for a bush backwards. And then uh, he gives her the gun to go ahead and escape with. Uh-huh. Um, and she uses the gun. She escapes. She drives the van and leaves. And at the end of the... F- oh, wait. No, she doesn't. Well, before this, and I, I need to mention it because it might come back later on in the episode. Mm. But before she gets the arrow shot into her leg, you know when all the fireworks are being thrown at her? Yeah. She has a cunty monologue 
where she's like, just kill me. Oh, she does. Just Excuse kill me, me, pervert. Yeah. It's killing really that much fun. Do you enjoy it? Well, I'm not afraid of you. You're never going to beat me. And yes, she does get shot in the leg straight after with an arrow, but I was slayed. Yeah, I did. And I, d- <laughs> I don't know if this was deliberate or not, but it felt like the the arrows or the crossbow bolts were deliberately set up just to make her skirt a little shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Would not surprise me. But I didn't feel like in a parody kind of way, in mm-hmm. a let's see her in a fire kind of way. So, um, Nami gets to the van and finds uh, Ray's body. And uh, she rightfully feels bad about getting everyone killed, especially after Rai wanted to go home. And the others had deadlines. Yeah. And she wanted them to stay because she was investigating this because her popularity of her show is dwindling and she needs something like this. And everyone died because of this. Yes? Yeah. Okay. At least she's acknowledged it. The killer takes a very slow walk to the van as Nami hides. And uh, the killer drags the two bodies from the van uh, without seeing Nami. So Nami is free to make her escape, go to the authority. Oh, wait, no. No. Because she decides to serve instead. She ties her hair up. What she decides to do (laughs) is in the van, she finishes off a can of coffee from earlier. Now it's daytime. She ties back her hair and goes back to the tunnel to finish this once and for all. So good for her, okay? Yeah. That's cunty, yeah. Um, Also very brave. To swig a can of coffee <laughs> that's been open all night after a very tense evening. Been around some dead bodies as well. <laughs> been around some dead bodies. To then swig that coffee. I mean, the last thing you need in a situation like this is a code brown emergency. Yeah, that's true. So I don't think she should be swigging cans of coffee. As we've discussed on this podcast that's before, thing. people don't shit in people films. Don't Not all the shit time anyway. Them. Unless they eat damn enchiladas. Yes. Yes. Uh, Nami... <laughs> Ooh. I, you wouldn't catch me doing that first thing no. in the morning before I go and fight an evil serial killer. <laughs> uh, Nami then finds at the end of the, the tunnels a room with hospital beds in where she can hear a female voice putting her son to sleep. She finds a side room with a kitchen and food, etc. And... Many TVs with her show playing. Um, do you think this set was absolutely used for a porn film? Yes. Before or after? Probably. <laughs> they do probably you... shot it whilst they were shooting Evil Dead Trap as well. And I and I love that. I mean, I love the hustle with these sort of things. As, as long as you're, you know, treating people correctly yeah. and rightfully. Um, I, I appreciate the hustle when it comes to this <laughs> um, horror porn adjacent filmmaking. Um, she finds a photo of a young man and his mother. And the mother looks very much like Nami. And the mother has been stuck with many, many pins. Yeah. Uh, the voice is heard again and she realises it's a recording. And she says to herself, he thinks I'm his mother. There you go, you're getting the gist. She's got a degree in child psychology. Yeah, she's getting yeah. <laughs> uh, The killer appears with the bodies and speaks in two different voices. 
One reprimands the other for allowing Nami to escape. And one is um, obviously uh, quite a low manly voice. Mm -hmm. And the other is childlike, an maybe older lady, feminine. An older lady voicing yes, a child. Very much so. Um, it's But it's also giving... Uh, Mrs. Worries. It is. Can I money? Can I can't do it, but you get the gist. If you've seen Evil Dead Trap and not seen Friday the 13th, that, that's, <laughs> that's on you. That's strange. That's on you. Uh, the killer finds Nami and she berates him. She calls him a psycho mummy's boy. Uh, <laughs> very much scream. Yeah. And uh, he takes off his mask and it's revealed, to no one's surprise, to be Daisuke. He is the killer. Yeah, which is great. Because I feel like yes. the filmmakers made it so obvious on purpose. Yes. Because you think that's it, that's the twist, how predictable, oh, what a shame. Yeah, the only person in the film to have a speaking, you know, line and not have already been killed. Yeah. You know, the guy with yeah. so many red flags. Yeah, it's so obvious. But you haven't seen half of it yet. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're we're getting quintessential slasher film. The guy very much has mummy issues, and that's why he's killing people. This is what we see from this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and it's revealed he's the killer. Um, we're, I'm assuming we're going to get some sort of flashback to Christmas time. <laughs> His mother's getting shagged under the Christmas tree, and that's why he's a killer, and this, that, and the other. So you think you're in stereotypical slasher film mm -hmm. territory here. Not quite. Nami, having the gun, tells him it's over, and he will need to go to the police. But he's pleased it's over, and that he's been wanting it to end for a while now. Seemingly, this means wanting to kill himself using random explosives subsequently go off i don't really get this part where why are these explosives they're traps they're evil dead traps <laughs> but who for himself her, i mean her i assume but they they do go off and uh it activates the sprinklers it does which sets the scene we get a very great set piece yeah i mean it looks great yeah um yeah she ends up accidentally shooting him um, after another one of the explosions and he asks her to shoot him again and calls her an idiot <laughs> when she refuses to. I mean, he's right. He's as right. As much as I love her, he's right. He's right. Because then in, <laughs> should we say it together? In a bizarre series, series of, of events, events, a large tumorous piece of flesh <laughs> that Daisuke refers to as his brother Hideki... <laughs> Exits his his bullet wound and turns into an alien baby looking creature. Um, <laughs> Nami tries to escape but accidentally shoots a gas tank, whilst Hideki is burning a hole through the door. Yeah. So she accidentally sets off, and I just got in my notes. Get it together, bitch. Hideki can group breathe fire. Yes. Uh, Hideki then wraps what appears to be an umbilical cord yes. around Nami's neck <laughs> before Daisuke stops him and forces him back into his body and stabs himself before bursting into flames. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. 
<laughs> but I wasn't drinking whilst we watched this, this film. This, this really is actually happens. what happened. It is absolutely bizarre, and it's so entertaining. It's so gooey. It's so bloody. It's just disgusting. And the fact this is a low-budget film, it just blows my mind, because this looks incredible. Yeah, it's pure body horror. David Cronenberg would have been jealous. Yeah. Well, no, we wouldn't, but you know what I mean. <laughs> would have been proud. Proud. Yeah. Um, what makes me laugh is after all of this, and after he's obviously, you know, burst into flames and everything, um, <laughs> Nahami's just like, ah, now I get Don't it. Even. <laughs> now I get it. You wanted it to be over. <laughs> Literally, my no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Uh, the burnt corpse then comes back alive and starts to strangle and beat up Nami before she stabs him in the eye and he flies out the window, breaking <laughs> apart after hitting the ground. <laughs> and again, in my notes, I've got this ending is a lot. Yeah. Um, Nami wakes up bandaged in hospital and a policeman gives her a ciggy straight away. <laughs> he says we couldn't identify the charred man. And he also says that they couldn't find Hideki, the 30 centimetre tall baby, as described by Nami. Okay? Yeah. Couldn't find this baby. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't identify the charred man. Yeah? Yeah. So we then cut to Nami out of her bandages, presenting her new show, yeah. as I've learned. Uh, the late, late... Nami's late, late night. Yeah. And uh, she gives the names of her colleagues who were murdered before plucking out a grey hair, saying, I look 20 years old. And um, my question is, why the fuck are people believing her story? This shit you can get away with. I know. Pretty face. I know. And beautiful curly locks. But yet, the detective was like, hey, don't, don't fucking tell anyone about uh, Hideki. I mean, we don't want them to think you're going crazy now, do we? Exactly. But you can tell them all that all your friends died while she was there alone with them. There is absolutely <laughs> no logical reason why she would not be on trial for the murder of her colleagues. Yeah. Absolutely insane. But, of course, that wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't be entertaining right no. now. What would be entertaining is an assistant telling her that someone dropped something off for her at the studio and then handing her her lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, Nami then grabs at her neck in pain before very graphically giving birth to Hideki. <laughs> to which Hideki says, Mummy! <laughs> and the film ends there. That is evil dead trap. That is evil dead trap. I love that when she was giving birth, you could see like little explosions in her, like the fireworks were back again. Yes. But very graphically, we see this very large child head pop through. Mm-hmm. Not, not, we don't see that area, but no. we, we sort of get a very graphic close up of the head coming out somewhere. Yeah. And um, yeah, absolutely batshit insane. Definitely. When you start the film, it's not where you think it's going to end up. No. Um, but I love it. It's it's really such a great film that I think has been influential in other films. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really just deserves way more attention. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, 
for its faults that we've discussed, it's it's a highly entertaining film. Yeah. Completely ridiculous. Um, very over the top. And that's what we love. If you, yeah. if you love shit like that, then it's absolutely for you. You know, very gory, um, rather grotesque at times, mm-hmm. and a fun ride. I, I think maybe personally, it was quite lengthy. Yeah. I think it could have been, a bit could have been shaved off. Um, but overall, yeah, fun time for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Should we give some awards? Yes. Big screen, it has to go to Nami. I it mean, is. It is. A girl who is willing to down an open cup of co- uh, open can of coffee, <laughs> tie her hair up, <laughs> yeah. and go hunt down uh, a serial killer. I mean, you know, it's got to be. Despite being a bit dense at times, mm-hmm. I mean, she is our final girl, she and is. I I support Andy McDowell lookalikes, mm-hmm. and I, I support women. Um, so yes, absolutely, biggest queen. The biggest gasp, I, I mean, it has to be Daisuke giving birth to Hideki. Yes, yes. Um, no one saw that coming. Nobody <laughs> saw that coming. Um, I, I went also with uh, the snuff film, particularly the eyeball spurting. I think because how gruesome it came out of yeah. nowhere at the beginning. Like, like right at the uh-huh. beginning. Um, best dialogue, I've got uh, the monologue. Uh, the just kill me, just kill me, pervert. Is killing really that much fun? Do you enjoy it? I'm not afraid of you. You're never going to beat me. <laughs> I went for similar, but it's the uh, other monologue that she does to him about uh, him being a psycho mummy's boy. Yes. And that's camp. I've got uh, <laughs> Nami in bed after everything that just happened in hospital <laughs> yeah, yeah. and having a ciggy with the detective. <laughs> I have to say, I went with that camp. I went with the birth scene. <laughs> just because it's so ridiculous yeah. and so over the top. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I think interchangeable um, with biggest gasp for that one as well. Um, but yeah, I went with the birth scene. Uh, right since I give it nine evil brothers obsessing over their favourite late night TV mother... Out of ten. <laughs> I went with eight reckless coffee consumptions out of ten. Uh, masterpiece, trash piece, trash, basically a camp or a bunch of fun. I think it's closest to Masterpiece. It's not quite there, but it's closest. I think so. Um, it's very, very good. Um, it's close to. I, I do really think that the use of sexual assault mm-hmm. really pulls it down. I, you know, I don't think I could ever give the masterpiece title to yeah. a film with that, unfortunately. It's available on video on demand for now, but it's coming soon from <gasps> 88 Films on Blu-ray if you're in the UK. Yeah, so excited for that release. Yeah, um, and the sequel. And the sequel, which we haven't seen. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out Videodrome. Absolutely. Um, if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out Sweet Home. Uh, the um, Kiyoshi yeah. Kurosawa film from the following mm-hmm. year. I feel uh, that's more of a ghost story, but I feel like it's got a similar vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, Sweet Home. That may be a future podcast episode Maybe. for future Japanuaries. Yeah. Check us out on social media. We are Horror Court Trash over on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm DeLightGaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GasCruise92 on Twitter. 
I'm uh, Chris Barker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. Thank you for that. And uh, we're also <laughs> Gas Power Festival across all social media. I love how we well. just keep this shit in. Um, give us a rate review and subscribe on iTunes, not based on the last five minutes, like a follow on everything else. Next week, <laughs> it is the conclusion of January. Oh. Um, and what has felt like the longest month in history. January has been um, long. It's good. Made the most of life. Yeah, yeah every fantastic. Second. Yeah. Um, and also the first of our original versus remakes in the new format as well. Mm. An original versus remake on a Tuesday for the first time. Not on a Tuesday. And of course, to end uh, Japanuarian style, we will be discussing a threesome of Juan the Grudge. Ooh. So we'll be discussing Juan the Curse, Juan the Grudge, and Sam Raimi produced uh, The Grudge yeah. in 2004. Juan the... Sarah Michelle Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. So we'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye.